is Melissa and I'm a fitness trainer. I am an overachiever. I'm a loyal friend. I am compassionate. I set high goals for others. I am a wife. I am a sister. I am a daughter. My name is Melissa. I am an overcomer. Well, I'm normally really careful how I schedule my um, time out so that I don't take on more than I can, um, can accomplish. But recently, I don't know where my brain was when I said yes to uh, several things. Earlier in the week, I looked at my schedule over a three-week period, and what I discovered was that over the three-week period, I had a two-day trip to Orlando to a leadership conference, uh, then back and then a two-day trip to Fort Worth, where I will see all of you all at our Life Church Fort Worth for a vision night, and then back. Then a three-day trip to Florida again, and I'll see you all at Life Church Wellington uh, in Florida for a vision night, and then staying over for um, a leadership event there. And in the meantime, I'm on every week and every Saturday and Sunday, um, and on the road quite a bit, sitting in stupid airports that I hate with all of my heart. Um, and in that three-week period, I realized the lineup of messages that I had to prepare. I did write four different weekend messages, three different brand-new leadership talks, two campus talks, for one for Fort Worth and one for uh, Florida, and then a talk for all of our staff. Now, in your world, that might not mean a lot, but in my world, that's like stupid insane, like undoable, and that's on top of all the normal leadership stuff at the church that goes on. So I was looking at this one evening, and I just got massive anxiety. I, mean, I could feel my heart rate go, and I emailed some friends on staff and said, I don't know what I've done to myself. This is just, this is crazy. I really need you to pray. I had Amy pray. I was really massively overwhelmed. I came in the next day. I'm like, normally, I'll try to spend 10 to 12 hours on a talk, um, preparing it, and according to basically how I looked at my time, I had about three to four hours per talk, and so I'm like, okay, which, what do I need to do before lunch today? And I pulled out, what's the next one? And it was, you are an overcomer. I'm like, ha, ha, God. Ha, freaking ha, God. <laughs> God I, I mean, I feel like there is no way, and I've got to tell people you are an overcomer. So if any of you are in a place maybe like I am, or much worse, where you feel like there's too much, life is just happening to me. There's an obstacle, there's an opponent, there's, there's something that I can't overcome. It could be anything. It could be like me, a schedule that is challenging, or for you it might be much more of an ongoing thing. I, I can't overcome my weight issue. I'm always going to battle with my weight, or... I'm battling with depression and I just, I'll never overcome that. Or someone hurt me and I just, I know I should forgive them, but I just can't and I don't want to at all. Uh, whatever it is, if you're facing something that seems too big for you, I've got really good news for you. And that is, if you're a Christian, write this down, with Christ, you are an overcomer. With Christ, you are are an overcomer. Not you will be, but positionally with Christ, that is what you are. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do, and in Christ, you are an overcomer. 
overcomer. Let me show you in God's word a really rich portion of scripture, one of my favorites from Romans chapter 8. We'll start in verse 31. And the apostle Paul asked this question. He says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Now you got to love that. If God is on your side, what is going to stop you? And he says, verse 32, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Verse 35, Paul asks a question, and he lists seven different obstacles that all of us in one form or another, one time or another, will face. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And he lists seven things which in one form or another all of us will face even some 2,000 years after he asked this question. Shall trouble or hardship separate us from the love of Christ? I guarantee you that many of you right now, you're facing some kind of trouble or hardship. For you it could be ongoing migraine headaches. It could be a, a challenging marriage. It could be your kid got his permanent tooth knocked down in dodgeball and it's a trouble or a hardship. Shall those things separate you from the love of Christ? He says, what about persecution? You may be a sixth grade girl and you carry your Bible to school and your friends make fun of you. You may be a junior in college and you've decided to save your virginity for marriage and everybody makes fun of you and they don't understand. You might be a business person and you walked away from a very profitable deal because it would cause you to compromise your integrity and people don't understand and they persecute you. Shall persecution separates you from the love of Christ? He goes on to say, how about famine or nakedness? Now, Chances are most of you aren't hungry and everybody I see is not naked. The only one that might be naked would be someone at church online right now. And if you are naked at church online, we don't want to know about it. Don't you dare type in the chat, I'm naked. If you're naked, you need Christ and you need clothes. Thus saith the Lord. But so you, you may be saying, you know, I'm, I, I'm not facing famine or, or nakedness, but for you and your world, this could represent some financial hardships. There's just more month left than money. I mean, how are we gonna overcome this? Are we gonna have to file bankruptcy? Uh, uh, and you're battling that, he goes on to say, shall danger or sword? And let me just say that there are those of you worshiping with us at Church Online from countries around the world, that if you go public with your faith in Christ, your life is in danger, and I acknowledge that. In my country, that doesn't happen very often at all. So danger for, or sword might, for you, it might represent a physical hardship. It could be uh, a doctor's report. The doctor told you or someone you love, things don't look good. And Paul asked the question, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And he answers this question in verse 37 emphatically, and he says, no, uh-uh. Nada, not happening. No, in all of these things, what are we? Who do you think you are? When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Who are you in Christ? Everybody help me out, say it aloud. He said, no, in all these things, who are we? We are what? We are more than conquerors. I gotta tell you, if you say it like that, I'll whip you every day of the week. That's like, that's pathetic. Help me again. Who are we? We are 
more than conquerors. Not in our own power, but through whom? Through Christ whom, who loved us. It's not in our own strength. It's not in our own power. But through the power of the risen Christ, those of you who are Christians, let me tell you what you are. You are more than a conqueror. You are more than an overcomer. In fact, the little Greek word that's translated as conqueror um, or winner or victor is the word nikeo. Nikeo. And that word means to win. It means to be victorious. That is not the word that's used in this, in this passage. The word used here is hooper, nikeo. Hooper, it means hyper, or it means exceedingly more than. And Paul is saying, you are way more than a winner. You're hooper nikeo. He goes on to say, here's the definition of it. What does hooper nikeo mean? If you're taking notes, it means to vanquish beyond recognition. That is cocky. I mean, that is powerful. It, it means to gain a decisive victory. It means exceedingly more than a conqueror. Can I tell you, with Christ, you are Hooper Nikeo. You're not just going to eke by a little victory. You are going to demolish the opposition. We're not talking Rocky Balboa fighting Apollo Creed, getting the snot beat out of him for nine rounds. Boom, boom, what are you doing? Boom, boom, what are you doing? Boom, strategy. I'm wearing him out. And then the last round he comes back out and wins. And then his face is pummeled. His, his eyes are puffy. He's got brain damage. That's why he goes, so Adrian. Okay? That's not you. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the God kind of victory where he vanquishes the opposition beyond recognition. We're talking about uh, the Egyptians following the Israelites, and God parts the Red Sea, and the Israelites go through, and the whole Egyptian army follows them in, and God says, poof, baby, and all of them are washed away. We're talking total victory. We're talking uh, Gideon in Judges 6 and Judges 7 and Judges 8 when God says, take on the Midianites. He says, I'm too afraid. And God says, no, you're a mighty man of valor. You don't believe it yet, but you are. He said, but I've only got 32,000 men. God says, well, that's too many for me to get the glory. And God shaves them down to 300, says, now go take your weapons, your horns, and your pitchers, and toot your horns. And take your pitchers and bang them on, and God calls the whole army to turn on each other and wipes them out. That is, my friends, Hooper Nikeo. That's who you are in Christ. It is more than, more than victorious. Hooper, Nikhail. Now, what I'm not saying is that you're never going to have a hard time in life. Not at all. In fact, Jesus said in John 16, he said, in this world, what will you have? Help me out. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. In other words, for you to be an overcomer, there needs to be something to overcome. He said, in this world, you, um, just, let me just tell you, you will have trouble, but take heart, he said, for I have done what? Jesus said, I have overcome the world through Christ, through the power of the risen Christ. Well, I'm just an ordinary Christian. There is no such thing as an ordinary Christian. You are a spirit-filled overcomer, by, according to Revelation 12, which talks about how the end-time believers would overcome the forces of wickedness, he said they overcame the devil by the 
blood of the lamb and by the words of their testimony. Revelation 12, by two things. By the blood of the lamb and by the words of their testimony. Number one, you're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb. What is that? That's gross. The lamb of God was Jesus who was slain before the foundation of the world. Jesus shed his blood and through the power of the blood, scripture says, our sins are forgiven. Through the power of the blood, scripture says that we have access to the throne room of God. By the power of blood, the shed blood says that we are redeemed from this empty way of life. You, because of what Jesus did with his blood, are an overcomer. And you're an overcomer by the words of your testimony. What's that? Your story of who God is and what he's done. One day, little teenage boy named David, who'd been tending the sheep, walks up to his king, King Saul, and all of King Saul's army is afraid of one guy named Goliath, a big giant, and David says, I'll fight him. And King Saul says, you're cute. Go home and play with your little sheep. And he says, you don't understand. Whenever a lion attacked my sheep, my God, and he tells the story, my God delivered the lion into my hands, and I killed him. And whenever a bear came and attacked my sheep, my God delivered the bear into my hand. And the same God who delivered them into my hands will deliver that giant Philistine into my hands. You all think he's too big to beat. I say he's too big to miss. Somebody give me a stone and move out of the way. And that's what you are, an overcomer. By the blood of the lamb, not by your own strength, and by the words of your testimony. Listen to me, believe this, internalize it, feel it. This isn't what you're going to become. Once I get my life together and oh, once I stop. No, no, positionally, right now, this is who God says you are. There's a giant that no one else thinks you can beat and maybe even you, but you can with the power of the risen Christ. When you know who you are, you will know what to do, and you need to believe who God says you are. You are Hooper Nikael, more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. Everybody say it loud. Say, I am. I Come am. on, say it with me. I am, I am. an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of my testimony. Come on, feel it. I am, I am. an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of my testimony. So for those of you who are Christians, as an overcomer, let me encourage you to fight in two ways. Number one, if you're taking notes, you will fight with a conquering attitude. You will fight with a conquering attitude because tragically too many people come in with this faithless, wishy-washy mindset and they lose the battle in their minds before they ever fight it in the world. You won't do that. You will stand strong positionally knowing who you are. You are more than a conqueror. Faith-filled attitudes lead to faith-filled actions. Godly beliefs lead to godly behavior. The battle starts in the mind. You'll never go around going, I'm just a victim at all. Everybody else gets the breaks. Nothing ever goes right for me. Our marriage is always going to be pathetic. He's always going to be a jerk. He's thinking she's always going to be a, I didn't say it. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll never get married. I mean, another Valentine's Day. I hate 
Single Awareness Day. Every year it comes and goes. You know, I'm always going to be overweight, and I'm always going to battle with this addiction, and I'm never going to be able to forgive, and I'm just, you know what that is? That's victim talk. Victim talk. And you, if you're a Christian, you are not a victim. Through Christ, you are a victor. You don't talk that negative, defeated mindset. You know who you are in Christ. You are Hooper Nikeo. You vanquish the enemy. You are an overcomer. Here's what you do whenever those negative thoughts come in. 2 Corinthians 10.5. The Bible says we demolish. Another version says cast down. We demolish. I love the word demolish. It isn't just eek by. This is demolish. Arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And what do we do? Scripture says we take captive every thought. And what do we do with every thought? We make it obedient to Christ, whenever our mind says, I just can't do it. No, 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 no. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Scripture. Well, it, this is just an impossible situation. All we can do now is pray. You ever think about what God must think of when people say, all we can do now is pray. Oh, you're screwed. I'm your last resort. I mean, the all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God, and all you can do now is depend on me. Sorry, you're in bad shape. I mean, how ridiculous is that? All we can do is pray. No, we can pray. We can call on God. We, it, oh, it's impossible. No, all things are possible with God. But I don't have much faith. Well, Scripture says if I have the faith of a mustard seed, which is just a little bit, and that mountain is in my way, I can say to that mountain, be removed. And Scripture says it will be cast under the sea. You grab every thought that is not consistent with God's word, and you make it obedient to Christ. Therefore, because I'm an overcomer, I'm not going to let what anybody said about me, what anybody thinks about me, what anybody did to me, stop me from doing what God has called me to do because I am an overcomer. Not in my own strength, but by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of my testimony. Now, some of you, I can see it in your eye. You're just kind of sitting there going, well, that's all fine and dandy for you, pastor boy. I can see it. I mean, I can. You're looking like, well, you're, you know, you're a pastor, and you don't have regular problems. You're right. I mean, honestly, you're, you're right. I don't. It's, it's, the, the, when you become a pastor, it's, it's freaky what happens. Not only do you glow in the dark, <laughs> but, I mean, regular problems don't happen to you. I used to, you know, like, like you all um, little people, I used to, when I'd go up to a red light, it would often be red. Now I just get close, and it turns green. It's fantastic. <laughs> I just go straight through. And, like, our six kids... They always obey. I just give them the holy look, and they're like, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, yes, Dad. They always obey. And I am so powerful that it, it like, overflows to Amy. I mean, she just gets close to me, and, and she doesn't cook meals for eight people all the time. She just walks in and goes, oh, la, la, in the name of Jesus. And it just poofs up, and it's just regular. It's, it's, it's awesome, man. It's awesome. you got to know this. It's like what I'm doing today is a result of overcoming every obstacle that got in the way. I want you to know that. In fact, just what's happening at this church today, back before when I had a vision to start a church, I'm telling you, there were more walls in the way than you can imagine. My very first ministry, I served for five years at a great church. 
Um, and within my first year, the board decided that I needed to be fired. My first year. I didn't even make a year, not my one-year anniversary, before the board decided I needed to be fired. My pastor stood up and said, give him another chance. I know he's kind of crazy, but just whatever. Then I went to the denomination, and the denomination said to me after all their little processes, we don't think you're called to ministry. Your ideas are too, we don't think you're called to ministry. So they put me on a probationary period of another year, all these hurdles, psychological evaluation, and look what good that did. <laughs> and so I jumped through all the little hoops and did seminary, 90 hours of graduate work, full-time ministry, full-time student, got to the end and said, okay, can I start a church? And the denomination said, well, no. I said, can I ever start a church? Well, you know. Wall after wall after wall. If I didn't know who I was, I could have said, well, I guess God doesn't want me to do anything. But I've always kind of thought if there's a wall in the way with my God, we'll go over it. We'll go under it. Or maybe we'll put our heads down and we'll go through it. Because I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of my testimony. David in the Old Testament, he had this idea. This is what he said. Uh, Psalm 18, verse 29, he said, God, in your strength, I can crush any army. Hooper Nikael, baby, crush them, vanquish them beyond recognition. He said, with God, I can do what? Everybody say it. I can scale any wall. Spider-Man, baby. With God, there is no wall that is gonna stop me from doing what God wants me to do. Believe that. Come on. Believe it. Believe it. You're not a victim. With Christ, you are an overcomer. You have the power to overcome all the temptations and hurdles this world throws at you. You fight with a conquering attitude. Second thing, if you're taking notes, as an overcomer, you fight with supernatural weapons. You're not limited to the weapons of this world. Scripture says, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4, for though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, our weapons, they have divine what? Everybody help me. They have divine power. The Greek word for power is the word dunamis. We get our word dynamite. Our weapons, they have, they have the explosive power of God. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. If you're a Christian, you need to know who you are and what you have. You fight with supernatural weapons. According to Ephesians uh, chapter 6, you have the helmet of salvation. You have the breastplate of righteousness. You have the shield of faith with which to extinguish the fiery darts of the evil one. You have the belt of truth buckled in place. You have the shoes prepared with the gospel, the readiness of peace. And you fight with the sword of the spirit, which is the living word of God. And if you've ever seen the movie Princess Bride, if you've seen it, give me a little shout out and away the Princess Bride. Then you know how to fight whenever the enemy comes. You just say, hello. My name is Diego Montego, and you killed my father. Prepare to die. Now, if you have not seen that movie, you're going, what was that? If you have, you're going to say that was the worst impersonation I've ever heard. But I don't care because Ilya Montego takes down his sword, and he fights, and then he says, I've got bad news for you. I'm not left-handed. He throws his sword and says, I'm right-handed. Prepare to die. And so that's exactly what you do. You take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. 
And when your enemy comes, you just say, I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the words of the testimony. And I can do all. And whenever things are going bad, you say, I got bad news for you. <laughs> I am not left-handed. <laughs> you killed my father, Jesus, but he came back. And through his power, prepare to die. You vanquish the enemy. You fight with spiritual weapons. Now, I know that's kind of goofy, but you will remember it. And that is effective communication. <laughs> I... um. I had an example to live this out uh, a week ago. Erica, one of our staff members, her husband at the age of 38 had a massive heart attack. Massive. He medically died and medically was dead for a long time. No pulse, no breathing. Uh, the ambulance came, took him away. And according to the records, they worked on him for over an hour and a half when he had no heartbeat on his own, shocking him back to life, resuscitating him over and over and over and over again. And so when we went in to visit, I just, I was, they prepped me and said, he's not going to go home, not to his earthly home. And I said, with a miracle? And they said, well, with a miracle, he's brain dead. He hadn't had oxygen, and you just need to know that when you go in. So... I went in just positioned to minister to, uh, to Erica because she, I love her so much. And um, Amy and I were praying, and Jeff, her husband, was right there um, next to us. And we were just, just kind of praying the pastoral prayer. And I, I looked over and I was at his body, and all of a sudden I just thought, you know what? Our God can. And he can. And so I thought, I'll just ask him. And I put my hand on his body. I found out later you're not supposed to touch him in that case, but I did it anyway. <laughs> I said, God, I believe you can do this. Now, what I'm not going to tell you is that God answered my powerful pastoral prayers. What I am going to tell you is that God answered the prayers of thousands of powerful Christians from all over the world. Because in a guy that couldn't live, shouldn't live, wouldn't live, and would be brain dead, the dude is alive, he is not brain dead, he is walking, he is out of ICU, and here's a picture of uh, us together this week, and uh, I'm telling you right now, you need to understand, that dude is an overcomer. He is an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the words of our testimony. I asked him, I said, you were dead, did you see a light? He said, honestly, I didn't see a light. I said, let me just tell you, that's bad. I mean, I'm just saying, if you ever die again, baby, look for the light, find the light, follow the light. I'm telling you, he is an overcomer. And there's some of you, you everybody else is going to call your situation dead. It's time to fight. Come on, fight. Fight. Fight with supernatural weapons. Fight, baby, fight. Fight. Don't, you, don't just fight like a man. Fight like a man of God. Fight like a woman. Get down on your knees and say, you know what? I believe our God can and you fight like a man or a woman of God. Uh, I love this guy from uh, uh, Life Church Yukon. Uh, his name is Donnie. He emailed this. He was overcome with alcoholism, much like some of you, or drug addiction, or pornography, or whatever it is. And he writes in, I didn't drink a little. I wasn't a moderate drinker. I was a drunk. It affected every area of my life. I thought there was no part, uh, no way away from uh, rehab that I would ever stop. He writes, on January 2nd, I heard Pastor Craig's message called First. I knew I wasn't putting God first in this area of my life and decided right then and there I was going to quit drinking. Wow. Guess what the next week's message was? It was called I Quit. 
<laughs> Love that. That did it. He said, we prayed, we fasted, I laid it before the Lord, and I love what he said, and the Lord crushed it. Hooper Nikhail, baby. Hooper Nikhail. The, uh, his theology is dead on. The Lord crushed it, vanquished beyond recognition. Then he says, I loved it. I haven't even thought about alcohol since. I didn't need a 12-step program. I needed a one-step program, and God really took it from me. Hooper Nikhail, baby, more than a conqueror. Not, not just eking it out. I'm here to tell you, I love 12-step programs. Honestly, I do. I love one-step programs even more. I gave it to God, and God crushed it, and that can happen. Here's what Scripture says. It's plain and simple. You may have all sorts of hardships, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9. We have this treasure. What's the treasure? The treasure is Christ. Where is the treasure? In jars of clay. What is a jar of clay? That is our body. We learned last week that God is a potter. We are the clay. We have this treasure, Christ, in jars of clay, our body, to show that this all-surpassing dunamis, the miraculous power of God, to show that this all-surpassing power is from whom? Everybody say it. It's from God and not from whom? Not from us. So here's the story. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not what? Everybody say it, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not what? But not in despair. We are persecuted, but not what? But not abandoned. And we are struck down, but not what? But not destroyed. Why? Because we are overcomers. That's what we are. By the blood of the Lamb and by the words of our testimony. We have that power of Christ in our jars of clay. And I beg you to believe it. You can overcome your unforgiveness. You can through the power of Christ. You can overcome your weight problem. You can through the power of Christ. You can overcome your addiction. You can by the power of Christ. You can overcome the betrayal and have a good marriage again. You can through the power of Christ. You can overcome your dead-end job that you feel like you're never going to whatever. God can elevate you and promote you. You can. You can overcome your moral mistake and have a faithful ministry again. You can. You can. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. My life is a living testimony of what God can do through an overcoming, overcoming all of the sin, the filth, and the junk with the power of Christ. I've overcome in recent years a very negative attitude. Now it's just like I, I, I have a faith-filled conquering attitude. I've overcome uh, the, the overwhelming fear of failure. Now I fail quite well and fail often. I've overcome, I've overcome the fear of what people think because for so long I was like, what do you think? You like me? Now I don't really give a rip. I don't care at all. You don't like my cat jokes? I don't care. You don't like my six I don't care. You don't like my shirt? Who cares? I don't care at all. If you don't like anything, email me away, baby. Email it straight to Craig at I don't give a rip.com. That is a real email address with a real auto response that says, I don't think you understand. I don't care. Why? Because God has helped me to overcome. And you can do the same thing. And here's what God's word says to you. 1 John 4, 4, you dear children are from God. And you have overcome the evil in this world. Why? Not in your own strength, but because the one who is in you, Christ Jesus, is greater than the one who is in the world. No more victim no more I can't, no more, oh, no, 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 no. You're a victor through Christ. You are, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. You are Hooper Nikeo. 
You are more than a conqueror. Father, we pray that your spirit would plant this truth deep within our hearts. All of our churches, as we're praying right now, many of you at this moment, you, you know that there is something, there is an obstacle, there is a wall, there is, a, there is an addiction, there is a relationship, there is a challenge, there, there is a hurdle, there is something that, that is blocking you, is overwhelming you, it seems like too much, and today you want to ask for God's help to be an overcomer. You can and you will. doesn't mean you won't have trouble. It means you'll overcome the trouble. All of our churches, those of you who say, yes, there is an obstacle, there is a wall, there is an addiction, there is, there is something, and I need God's help to overcome, and with his help, I will overcome. If that's you, lift your hands high now. All of our churches, just lift them high right now. Man, I praise God for every single one of you, and God, by faith, I ask just as you helped Donnie crush his alcoholism, and just as by faith you heard Erica's prayers and, and the prayers of people from around the world, and, and you brought Jeff back to life, and just as you've worked through thousands of believers in centuries past, I pray that today, by faith, you would conquer that which opposes your children. God, I thank you that your word is living and active. I pray, God, that they would fight with faith filled attitudes. God, I pray that they would fight with the spiritual weapons available to them through the risen Christ. God, I pray that they would be more than conquerors, never poised for failure with a victim mindset, but per positioned for, for strength in the wind with a faith-filled, spirit-directed, overcoming attitude. God, by the power of the risen Christ, Give them victory over that which opposes them. And when you do, God, you will get all the credit and the glory. As you keep praying today, all of our churches, many of you would say, an overcomer, I am not. If you look at your life, you are overcome by the things of this world, by the, the temptations, by the fear, by, by anxiety, by worry. You say, why can't I overcome? Well, let me just tell you, you need the power of Christ. Uh, what do you do? You acknowledge very plainly that my sin has separated me from a holy God. And then you ask, God, make me an overcomer. How will he do it? Through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus. The sinless Son of God who shed his blood on a cross, died and rose again, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but would have eternal life. As you call on his name, by, by the blood that Jesus shed, all of your sins will be forgiven. You'll never earn your way to God. He will forgive you by his grace. And then guess what you have? You've got a story, baby. Here's where I was and here's where I am. I was in darkness, now I'm in light. I was spiritually dead, but now I'm alive. And you'll be an overcomer by the blood of the lamb, Jesus, and by the words of your testimony. That, my friends, is why many of you are here. You've been doing life outside of the power of God. You recognize your need for him. Today, you're going to confess your sin. You're going to confess your need for a Savior. You will be transformed. You will be filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You will never be the same again, and that's why you're here. All of our churches, those of you who would say, that's me, I know it, I can sense it, I'm ready. I, I am going to give my life wholly and completely to God. Jesus, transform me, take it, make me new. That's my prayer today. Would you and all of our churches say, yes, take my life. Lift your hands high right now. Now, lift them up and leave them up, if you will. Church online, you click right below me, right back here. Both of you here together. Praise God for you. 
Right back over there, sir, an overcomer being born. Both of you here together. Praise God for both of you. Right up here, sir, a man of God being born. Ma'am, right here. Ma'am, right here. Praise God for you. Right back here, a young warrior being born. Both of you here, all three of you here in this middle section. Praise God for you. And over here, sir, welcome into God's family. Others today say yes. Right back over here, Jesus, take my life. Right here, save me. Right here in the middle section, right back here toward the back. I'm, sir, right, both of you back here, I give my life to you. Right back over here on this side, both hands up right here. Others of you, call on him. He is here, he is real, he will forgive you. Lift your hands and say, yes, I give my life to him. All of our churches pray aloud together, everybody. Right back over here as well, right back over there. Everybody pray aloud, sir, right here. Everybody together. Pray, Heavenly Father, save me from my sins. I am not a victim. Through Christ, I am a victor. Jesus, save me. Make me new. My life is not my own. I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. Fill me with your spirit so I can overcome this world. I give my life to you. Use it for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Life Church everywhere, would you guys take a moment and worship God, worship him. Welcome those today born into his family.